So as an adult, um, what I've actually started doing, and this is going to sound weird, right, is I bought like 10 tubes of Carmex, this is in no way a promotion, uh, lip balm. Okay. Lip moisturizer, lip chapstick. Right, right. Uh, it's a bomb. Is it a chapstick or is it a bomb or it's is that the same thing? It's a moisturizing. This is a moisturizing lip balm. Okay. Carmex Daily Care SPF 15 sunscreen. Oh. Hey, okay. guys. Fresh cherry. Water resistant for 80 minutes. So you can drink. Just go to town. 80 minutes. And still be. 80 minutes. You just drink all the liquid you want for 80 <laughs> minutes and you will not have chapped lips. Yeah, yeah. But I have bought 10. Of these things, because if I buy one or even the two you pack, buy, buy ten at a time. I I have no choice now because okay. I will lose them, or they'll be in my pants when I go to wash them, or in my pants when I go to like do something and I take them out of my pants and like I just do that sometimes so, with stuff. So do you think having ten of them makes you not want to be more responsible for it? But see, having ten of them. I don't have to be more. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have to now, right? With, with more, with more chapstick, with more moisturizing lip balm, becomes less <laughs> responsibility. Because <laughs> yes, they're everywhere, exactly, yeah. right? And, and I like. <laughs> I was telling somebody at the job this, and uh, they're like, "Why would you do that? Why don't you just have one or two and just make sure that you." have the tube available with you or put it like on your nightstand or something. And I go, well, I am my mother's child. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother wears glasses. Okay. And more like readers, right? Right. And she has about 15 pairs of readers everywhere. I mean, yeah. She has like two or three in her car. If you get up and go somewhere else, you want to have a pair there, right? Two or three in her other car. Why? She, my mother has multiple cars. She doesn't go nowhere, but whatever. Um... And then all through her office, all through the house, like four in the kitchen. She has a lot. Okay. Uh, Where she keeps a pair as well, always on top of her head. Yeah. So she'll be dipping and diving and looking for her glasses and remember that they're actually right here. So Uh. JV, how are we doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic for this Monday. What about you? Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, not a bad Monday at all. Can I ask you a question? What's up? What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> uh, it wasn't the one we saw this weekend. Wasn't the one that we saw this weekend? <laughs> I don't really watch. Well, you got we got horror movies. See, I don't think like a horror movie and a scary movie are the same thing to me. Like, okay, when I think of a horror movie, I think of something that is kind of gross, but it's also kind of campy, kind of funny a little bit. Okay. When I think of like a scary movie is when I think of like, um, like some of the weird, creepy ones that have like kids and stuff in them that are make you like. Make you do not want to go outside your house. The Omen Child. Yeah, that's that's what I feel. I guess a horror would be more like a slash. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Just very scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we saw Scream. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Six. Uh, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, not a bad movie overall. I've, I've not really been like 
crazy into the Scream movies. Yeah. Um, but, of course, I, I, I've watched the first one. I think I watched the second one, but that's about it. Oh, so you're not... I'm thinking this time, like, you know, we, we get the ladies <clears throat> Friday night, double date, uh, go see this movie. Like, I thought, like, you were caught up. I tried. Okay. I tried. Okay. And after those first few, I just... Just it, I couldn't watch more than 15, 20 minutes of the beginning of and then get kind of bored. And you know what? You know what? The uh, opening scene of each Scream movie mm-hmm. is the most iconic part. The, well, the first one with Drew Barrymore, the second one with Jada. I don't remember who the, the, the third person was. Um, and then, like, you know, obviously the, the last two, like, those mm-hmm. are the most iconic opening of like any kind of horror franchise like they're they're the screen franchise is known for their opening yeah i mean this one was no different the opening yeah. of this one was was pretty awesome i thought it was it opened very fast and got straight to the point exactly yeah but i think i don't know i, I like the first first few i watched and i liked them but after that it just wasn't i hear anything I hear you, and you, and I guess that's the the difference between you and I is like, you're like, all right, I watched the first two, uh, yeah. I'm good, I don't, I'm, I don't need to really see anything else, and I'm kind of bored of it, yeah. right? Me, like, I force myself to watch these movies, yeah, yeah. Um, that's just the person I am. I just right. take, you know what I mean? Like, I literally sat down and watched all the Indiana Jones, right? Um, I'm, I'm gonna work on next, right? And I'm gonna go back and watch all the old Star Trek movies. I think I tried to start. Because I, I remember I watched the third one, um, but I don't remember much of it. I don't know if I finished watching it. But I started the fourth one, and it, it just wasn't good. That was like with West. <laughs> that was the last West Craven one. Okay. And it was like with the younger generation. Yeah. It was just that, like. That was like a, that was where they were kind of passing it on, right? Yeah. Because that was like a mixed mixed crew of uh, Old the kind of the originals and the yeah. newer kind of. And they didn't in. do it. I mean, it made money for a slasher film. Yeah. But uh, it just didn't hit like it yeah. did. And the, f- the first two were just fire, man. And honestly, I didn't know there was a Scream 5 until we were going to go see Scream 6. Oh, so. shit. Okay. So uh, that was kind of weird. Carmen didn't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the way there, she's like, so what happened to Scream 5? I'm like, <sighs> do your homework. I didn't know. I thought Scream 4 was the last one. And then... <laughs> <laughs> then they started promoting for Scream Six, and I was like, "All right." <laughs> so I don't know Scream, <laughs> what I missed in there. <laughs> Scream Five, two thousand and two, just mm-hmm. or two thousand one. I don't know what what year it was, but um, it was just called Scream. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the problem there. Overall, man, uh, I don't want to two thousand and one. It. No, 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. 21 or twenty two. Yeah, that sounds last better. year or the year before. I don't remember, but um. It was, it was okay, man. So okay. you don't, so like you, you're seeing these, these, uh, Scream. So Scream came out in 2000. Yeah. So they back to back. Yeah. 2022, yeah. 2023. So, so you're looking at this movie, Scream 6, and you don't have a connection to these girls. Not at all. No. This is a fresh movie. Interest. Okay. <laughs> totally different. Which, you know, that, that, that I think, is an interesting perspective because it's like, 
you don't know what they went through, but you've also seen the Scream movies. So it's all based on history of the other Scream movies. Legacy, So yeah. you can just kind of, you just understand what's, what's going on. The big picture. Yes. And right. I, I will say this, and then we can move on here. Go see the movie. It's in theaters right now. Yeah. Go support your local theater. Um, this is the, I've seen them all and I'm very well versed in them. Uh, this is the first screen movie where it's just like this, this ghost faced or ghost face as there's always multiple yeah. killers. Um, this person's pissed off. It has yeah. a, it has a vendetta. Yeah, and you just don't know like how or, or or why, and you're trying to connect the dots, right? And it's something you've never seen before. So that was kind of fresh. That was new. This person was uh, very scary and intimidating. Yeah, it was a little out of line for the rest of the storylines. Exactly. Yep. Exactly, and that was really fun and, and fresh. So they're probably going to make Scream Seven because you know. Trilogies gotta keep on keep the legacy going. Got to keep the legacy going, right? If Halloween gets three movies, uh, Scream got to get three movies yeah. as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith, and I am Javier Villalba. On this week's episode, we are discussing episode three of season three of The Mandalorian, the trailers for Tetris and the Covenant, and our movie of the week, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Hey team, uh, we got some trailers for you. Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna check out Tetris and the Covenant. Nice. Uh, full reviews, re- live trailer reactions, YouTube page, and the link tree in the bio. Handle the link tree and description. Bio description. See, I always forget about all that cool <laughs> stuff, man. That's why I have an amazing. Podcast uh, co-host right yeah, here. We'll, we'll get it out there. Javier Villalobos. He runs with the wolves. All right, team. We have here the story of how one of the world's most popular video games found its way to players around the globe. A businessman, Hank Rogers, and Tetris inventor, Alexei Pavlinov, joins forces in the USSR, risking it all to bring Tetris to the masses. All right, JV. That's intense. That's uh, according to IMDb there. Question for you, brother. What's up? Have you played Tetris before? I have played Tetris, yes. And did you think that it was this intense to ever get Tetris to the masses? (laughs) I didn't realize there was car chases and being smacked around a little bit. (laughs) Being involved with that. but Being behind literally the Iron Curtain. Yeah. Right? Um. Guys, I think this is a tra- this is a trailer in a movie that like nobody was like, "Yo, we need to see the making of how Tetris came to be," right? But we got it, and it yeah. looks pretty fire. It looks <laughs> right. like a really fun, wild ride. Yeah. Um, because like I just don't know anybody. Um, black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, everything else. Uh, just all types of people, right? Male, female, gay, straight, whatever. Like we've all played Tetris in like that 
that little bit of joy that we get, right, when a line disappears, right? That, yeah. I think Tetris is a game that can bring the world together. Yeah, I mean, it, you can just, you can get, you can spend a lot of time on just that Game Boy trying to, yeah, getting so frustrated. And then, like, now to, you can put Tetris on your phone. You yeah. can get it on your Xbox or PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Like, this simple brick game is still played so much to the day, man. And it just keeps leveling up. Yeah. Every every few years you get, you know, something that's like Tetris Attack or exactly. Tetris, <laughs> you know, uh, in space or whatever. I don't know what you're saying. Mario Tetris. I think Tetris Astroid. He said Galaga. Galaga or Asteroid. Uh, I, I, I remember growing up and would spend the weekends and summers at my um, – aunt's house and she would always be posted up on the couch at night yeah playing tetris on her game boy oh yeah right and so when she was able to when she went out to like the grocery store or went outside whatever like the game boy was just sitting there and us like oh wow uh, she's real and us like cousins we would as soon as she got up we would run over there and try to like snag it so we could play still got my uh one of the the like Trans transparent purple Game Boy colors. Yeah, yeah, I, I got one of those. Dude, I keep around. She had the OG triple OG yeah. man, big brick. Yeah, the big brick man, <laughs> and that was the only game that she had. That's the only game she, she cared about. What else games do you need? Tetris, man. That's Just it. the one of the one of the best of all time, man. Guys, we're gonna throw this on our trailers. Let us know your thoughts. Of, uh, we're gonna throw this on our trailers. But what's wrong with me tonight? Yeah, that's fine. We're gonna throw this on our socials. <laughs> Uh, let us know your thoughts on the Taron Edgerton lead flick titled Tetris. All right. All right, team. We have uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant uh, follows U.S. Army Sergeant John Kinley, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And I keep on saying, man, I like Jake Gyllenhaal now, bro. Yeah, he's, he's your dude man. dude right now. <laughs> he's your man this year, ain't he? Yeah. And uh, Afghan interpreter Ahmed uh, Dar Salim. JV, what are your thoughts, brother? Um, so pretty interesting situation. Uh, so it looks like he's out with his whole squad, and they all get wiped out. Yeah, and his interpreter saves him. But, however. Um, Jake's character, John Kinley, gets away from all that. The interpreter does not. So I'm kind of curious to see like how they end up getting split. Where, where do they, you know, how how does he get out? And this other, I mean, I don't know if he was a soldier, or if he was just an interpreter. I'm not. We don't quite know that. Um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe really he sure he might just be a citizen that's there to interpret. So he doesn't get extracted or whatever because he's not a uh, in the military, not in the U.S. military. <clears throat> Correct. Uh, so I'm curious to how that's going to go, but Jake goes back in, going back in to get him. Yeah, this reminds me of uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah, with uh, Owen Wilson, such a great like war fighting movie uh, with him because he's hilarious the entire time as well, and still trying to be like action oriented, but right. Um, 
Gyllenhaal's by himself, and he has to go out there and um, basically be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his boys was just like, yeah, it's going to be rough out there, bro, but uh, we'll be over here in the States chilling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> eating, eating steaks and drinking Budweiser. Right. The red stuff. So, the red, the um, red cans. The red it. cans, yeah. <laughs> but you let us know how it was, man. Right. <laughs> Send us a postcard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, this looks this looks fun, man. Jake Hall, he is continuing just, um, you know, as he's getting older, getting better at acting. And the fact that he's working within a Guy Ritchie movie, um, you know, Guy Ritchie just has like a look and the feel of all his films. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's something I'll see in the theaters, uh, but I'll definitely give it a watch. Uh, if I have a free moment, I definitely yeah. might go check it out. But other than that, man, this will definitely be something that I eventually will catch. Yeah, same, same. We'll throw this on our socials. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, and a nice cast, uh, Alexander Ludwig, and uh, Anthony, Anthony Starr Star, yep. from The Boys. Johnny Lee Miller, who played... Uh, Sherlock and uh, a couple other people as well. We're going to talk about Johnny Lee Miller's um, uh, castmate from Sherlock Holmes Elementary in just a few moments as well. Lucy Liu is coming up, guys. So nice. with those on our socials, let us know your thoughts, guys. All right, brother. So we have The Mandalorian, Chapter 19, The Convert. Uh, On Coruscant, uh, former Imperials find amnesty in the New Republic. This was a long episode. Yeah, not not too much action on this one. 56 men. I mean, they were running away from a robot ticketer on the subway, bro. That's a lot of action. They were jumping. For the length of the episode, it wasn't a lot of action. <laughs> there was a lot of dialogue, a yeah. lot of I, I possibly world building. I yeah. I'm not maybe I, maybe maybe not world building, but because uh, we've already seen the world, like we know what's going to happen after this time within the Mandalorian. Right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're we're building we're building up to some some Grogu history. Yeah. Uh, with this particular doctor, because he was part of like, I think he was like part of like the cloning or the gene splicing stuff that was going on in Boba Fett. It was the book of Boba Fett, or was it earlier in Mandalorian? He was in. He was in one of the previous episodes. He was, yes. Um, so I think we're kind of building up to this. Maybe this little bit more history of Grogu's uh, life. Yeah. I think so, man. I think so. He's been in episodes of The, the Mandalorian earlier, okay. so is what it That's was. That's what it was, okay. Um, this this doc. Um, but yeah, no, this episode was more, uh, really kind of took on a couple of different themes, right? Yeah. Um, one of those things is... The thing that was popular back in the early 2000s was the conversation is like gene splicing and actually uh, replicating people. Cloning is the word I'm trying to find. Right, right. Um, you know, the the right and wrong about that. And um, is it something that we should do as society and start cloning? Right. Not, not just, you know, we, we cloned a sheep back in 2000 and something, but is it 
right for us to actually clone like humans or human appendages to help out during surgeries yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. right? Um so that's kind of what this what this conversation was about and his uh deep desire to kind of keep that because he's doing something great for the world. As most crazy doctors seem to think. Exactly. Exactly. Whether he's wrong or right, it's always about the greater good of the world. Until he messes up and it gets bigger than him. You know what yeah. I mean? Um you ever seen Little Shop of Horror? Yeah. Going, yeah. Uh <laughs> yep. Uh, but then we have our our man uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, the power hour is over, guys. We'll be continue with a half an hour. Yeah, power, <laughs> power, half hour, power thirty minutes. <laughs> Fast break. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're shopping names, guys. <laughs> uh, but him and I like the beginning of the episode. Actually, it was the most fun because him and uh, Bo-Katan, uh kind of have to fight off some tie fighters. Yeah. So that was really fun to kind of see some, some dog fights and them around. Uh, but then it sucks that her, uh, her base gets destroyed. Yes. Yep. So guys, just some fun stuff. We're still early on within the Mandalorian this season and we're, we're just building. Yeah. Um, Mando is officially a Mandalorian again. Yes. Cause he bathed in the, in the waters. Dinjarin and Bo-Katan is also a Mandalorian again. She's like, I really don't want to be, but like <laughs> she just happened to be situational. <laughs> just, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, that was interesting the way that worked out for her as well. And you know what? You know he's Mandalorian again. So are we going to see Pedro's face again? If we see his face again, he's not Mandalorian. So <clears throat> I'll I'll say this, man. <laughs> if we don't see his face again, I am okay with that. Right? Like I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Leave I'm not okay with that. Leave some sexiness for the rest of us, okay? <laughs> we only get half hour, man. We don't have a full hour anymore. <laughs> we, don't have a full hour anymore. <laughs> we don't have we don't have something else to we don't have Joel to, to drop back on right now. <laughs> I was okay with not seeing his face and then seeing Joel, you know what I mean? Now I don't have this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> man. Got to figure something out there. But yeah. uh, no, man, it's not. Like, it was just like, yo, this is your re- religion, your creed or whatever. Yeah. I understand, man. Like, I, I, I was a big fan of the Dark Horse Judge Dredd comics, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Judge Dredd comics... Uh, he never took off his helmet, right? Right. You never saw him without his helmet there. Um, <clears throat> you might have saw it like down or whatever, but he was never. You never saw his like face gotcha. or whatever. His, gotcha. his yeah. pants. You saw the back of his head or something like that. But in the Sylvester Stallone one, it's, it's Sly Stallone, so it's the the nineties. You're gonna see my damn face, baby. You know, I'm gonna do half this movie without the helmet. Matter of fact, I'm only going to have the helmet on for seven minutes of the entire movie, <laughs> right. right? But Car- <laughs> but the Carl Urban reboot, he had the helmet on the entire time. Yeah. You never saw Carl Urban's face. And I enjoyed that one more because it stayed more true to the comic. Right. Um, and in relation to this, we, we know what he looks like, which was yeah. more than what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I'm with you on that. He just needs to stop hanging out with Bill Burr. He's good. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> that's what I said before. 
Uh, but if we don't see it, yeah, it's totally cool. And we'll just go from there, man. And we'll just have to wait for season two of The Last of Us. So mm. to go to, to <laughs> see that beautiful mug again. Long ways away. <laughs> we'll get through it. We'll figure it out. It'll pop up in 17 more series before that one. So we're better. Right. Exactly, man. Just <laughs> cool with that. Just having an orphanage everywhere, yeah. bro. <laughs> just orphanage is what he does, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love Pedro. All right, guys. Uh, Mandalorian season three, episode three, the convert. Uh, let us know your thoughts with us on our socials, guys. You know, we were uh, about to talk about Last of Us Part Two, the game you're playing. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned there was some some mature content on there. Yes, there is um, some apparently topless lady. There is a topless scene. You know, is it got to be weird when you're creating these games and you do something like that? Like, you, somebody has to draw this image and create this image and put it in the game. Is yeah. It, is it a necessity to have that image in the game? Is, is my question. Like, <clears throat> I... Like, there's so many ways you go about not having to do that in the game. Yeah. Um I was like I knew it because it said like nudity like on it says nudity like on the game box. Oh yeah, right? they got yeah they got it. I let you know. So like I was just like but like I forgot about it. Make you more curious. There. I was no I was, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> you read the front of you like <laughs> <laughs> No, I honestly like I'm I'm hours into the game, right? I'm in yeah. the, actually in the second part of the game. And I totally forgot about it. And when it yeah. happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, well, but you know what? Like, I, I'll say this, man. For such a – the both games are so cinematic. Yeah. In regards to, yes, we're going through this video game, but throughout the video game, there is such a deep story mm-hmm. that – it just makes sense. Just goes along how it, how it ended up, ended up happening. Yeah, the scene itself just makes perfect sense. And but like even still, you're just like watching it, watching it, and then I'm like, oh wait, yeah, I forgot that that was gonna <laughs> be in this game somewhere. Yeah, because also because like a few, and I'm not spoiling anything, but a few scenes before you see like a man. Yeah. The man is being tortured. Mm-hmm. The man is being tortured naked. Mm. Okay. But that's, and you know, you see. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's what they what they meant. That's why they had to put the thing in there. So, like, I it, it happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. But yeah. also, like, I saw it, like, 30 minutes before that as well. Yeah. And this game I've been playing, uh, Sons of the Forest. Yeah. You, you have a companion, uh, like a... She's like a zombie. She's got three legs and three arms. She hot? I mean, they try to make her out to be a little sexier than she needs to be for oh, a zombie. Okay. So like, like when it like rains in the game and oh her gosh. shirt gets wet. Oh wow! You really? like see through her shirt. Oh. And it's just really weird. You like walk up on her, she'll be like dancing on a tree or something. They made her and, very try to be very sexual on purpose. Yes, and it's, okay, that's weird. Yeah, to no, me. that's weird. Yes, yeah, it, it seems just unnecessary. It and it, it 
Does okay? Does it have any bearing on the game? Not, not zero, zero no. bearing. <laughs> zero bearing on the game. <laughs> and so there's a big difference there as far as like that and having no bearing and like where this ends up in The Last of Us Part Two. Right, different story uh, telling. Yes, but that's just throw. It sounds like your game is just trying to throw a little. PG thirteen yeah. smut into the game, I mean, which they, is fine. They, whatever, that's they, what you're into. They, they let you like into. That, that. Once you get into the game, you can give her like real clothing, but until that point, she just got like on like a swimsuit. Oh, and just around Parker on her real quick. <laughs> there you go. So that was my tie into your comment. Was, Put this turtleneck on right now. Yeah, yeah. Keep it turtleneck. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah seems kind of weird for the game i'm playing but you know (laughs) that's what it is guys you don't know what you're gonna hear on miap guys (laughs) you know just uh fun times all the way around oh yeah yeah all right brother you ready to jump into this week's movie yes sir kind of excited for this one man uh this is gonna be a fun conversation there's a lot going on uh, we got Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, this movie, brand new flick from oh, yeah. Warner Brothers and DC. Uh, this movie's directed by uh, David F. Sandberg. He makes his return. The sequel is written by Henry Gaiden and Chris Morgan from the Fast and Furious franchise. Nice, nice. We have a $125 million budget. So far, gross is $65.5 million. Come on. Open the weekend. Ain't bad. Uh... Starting this one, we have Zachary Levi and Asher Angel as Billy Batson. And I got to say two people for almost every character of this thing. Yes, you do. That's fun. Uh, Jack Grazer and Adam Brody as Frederick Freeman. Rachel Ziegler as Anthea or Anne. Grace Curry as Mary Broomfield. Ross Butler and Ian Chin as Eugene. Uh, DJ Katrona and Hoven Armand. As Pedro Pena, Megan Good and Faith Herman as Darla, Lucy Liu as Calypso, uh, Diamond Hansu Hansu as Shazam, or the Wizard from the Council, mm-hmm. and Helen Marin as Hespera. And then we yeah. also had uh, Marta Melons and Andrew, or excuse me, and Cooper Andrew. As Rosa and Victor Vasquez, the foster parents of this family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, brother. Go ahead and give us that quick synopsis. And we'll jump into this one. The Wizards champion Shazam has protected the world from a very angry uh, trio of gods, some sisters. Uh, they come to Earth to claim the power of Shazam and to regrow their world on Earth. Yes, sir. All right. Let's start at the top here, man. Right. Uh, we got to kind of talk about them interchangeably. Okay. Uh, and that's almost like each uh, Shazam, uh, Shazamily they're, member. They're, they're all Shazam. Shazamily member? That's fine. Yeah, we're going to, it says it in there. Shazamily uh, foster siblings. Anyway, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but let's start out with uh, <laughs> Billy Batson, Shazam, and uh, Zachary Levi and Asher Angel, right? Um, you know, after being 
the world's champion and defeating uh, Savannah, you know, and he split the powers up between all of his uh, yes. foster siblings there. Uh, he's kind of like in a world where he doesn't know how he belongs or right. where he belongs or why he belongs, right? Um, and also, he's the only one a part of the Shazam family who's trying to keep everybody together and focused. And yeah. We've got to do everything we got to save the world together because that's when we're the strongest. Right. And uh, he's basically just trying to beat the glue and kind of hold everything together. But, uh, you know, some of the kids are about this video game life. <laughs> one's about candy. The other one's yeah. just, like, doing, like, community college stuff right yeah. that. Uh, Freddie's trying to, like, holler at girls. Yeah, you know, he's just getting and, through high school. And and Billy is just like, guys, we we got to we gotta do this together. Yeah. We got to stick together. Um. And, like, that's really scaring him. But also, on the other side, uh, Billy's about to turn 18. is going to age out of the uh, foster foster yeah. program or whatever. So, he's kind of got to figure it out himself. I really enjoy the return, not of just uh, Zachary Levi, who is just, like, ridiculously, like, humongous, but, like, <laughs> funny yeah. and childlike. And he plays a... Uh, 17 year old boy yeah. very very well <laughs> but like Asher Angel I wish we would have saw a little bit more of him but yeah. uh, what we saw was was great man he's a great young actor um, he definitely still like bring brought it as Billy and I really enjoyed oh, that yeah. man <clears throat> uh, yeah Zachary Levi just uh, he has an interesting role right he's got to play a superhero who is 17 years old <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's to play an adult. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And, and he's trying to take on all this responsibility, but is like you said, trying to find himself. I mean, Billy with Billy Batson's trying to find himself, but also Shazam is trying to find his play. You know, two different roles. Yeah, uh, or two different lives, I guess you could say. And they both grow up a lot. Oh yeah, movie. they they have to grow up really fast in this one. And then we have uh, Jack Dylan Grazer mm-hmm. and Adam Brody as uh, Freddie Freeman here. Uh, so uh, Jack <laughs> comes back and he's just, I love this kid, man. Yeah, he's just funny. He's awesome. You know, he plays this this disabled uh, foster brother of Billy, uh, physically disabled. Excuse, excuse me, yeah. but he's sharp as a whip, man. And yeah funny and will stick up for the little person, even this super hot hottie that's in his high school now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh will definitely get beat up just to, you know, protect a girl or make a girl girl laugh or whatever, man. And I really I like the hero gene in him right. without having to even use his powers. Yeah, and he's like you know, seems a little bit on a tougher path than everybody else. Like, we see everybody else with their, like, hobbies and stuff like that, and he is just, like, 100% into the superhero side. Yeah, and you got to think about it, right? Like, we don't really have a backstory as far as, like, how long he has been uh, physically disabled, right? Uh, But I could, you know, he feels very powerful as Adam Brody. He's a sexy-ass dude. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) you know, especially with with that hair in this movie? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, but but I like it where 
he was the, you know, him as uh, when he changes into his Shazam character, Adam Brody, he's used the least in this movie. We get more Jack than we do Adam. Yeah. And that's important because as great as Adam Brody is in this film, right? Uh, that performance from Grazer just as Freddy is just makes the movie fantastic. Yeah, because he, he continues to be a superhero without yeah. transforming. Very. That's what's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right, right. No Optimus Prime here, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We got Rachel Zegler as uh, Anthena or Anne, the youngest daughter of Atlas. And the way that we're introduced to her, man, um, just a little uh, screenwriting tip for everybody. Right, the new girl is in on something. Okay, one hundred percent. The new girl at the school, some way or another, some way she's involved. Right, yep. and you're gonna find out, and you're either gonna be really excited, yeah, or really sad. Right, <laughs> right. You're gonna have, you're gonna hit some feelings. Yeah, you're gonna hit that feeling wall. I don't think it's gonna be up. It could be down. Yeah, uh, agree. For this, at first, it was it was down when he when he found out that she's one of God. Yeah. Uh, and too, like she's the reason why he doesn't Freddie doesn't have his powers no more, right? Like she, unintentionally, but she was what, like six thousand years old or something like was it that much? Yeah, she was super old. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, couple couple thousand, you know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. When like uh when Shazam figures out like her name, he's like she says something about Anthony. He's like, Anthea. <laughs> and it just triggers that she's obviously in on all this. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, but but definitely, uh, it looks like she had a good time in this, in this role. And uh, loved her powers, man. Her powers reminded me of uh, that opening scene of... Uh, Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, the mirror dimension. Mirror dimensions, but also it kind of gave me the vibe of Inception as well when they're yeah. walking through, and she's he's kind of explaining the world to her, mm-hmm. um, Ariande. So like, I thought that was really cool as well, man. That was, that was great visuals here. All right, we have uh, Grace Caroline Curry as Mary Brumfield, uh, Billy's mature and academically driven older sister. Uh, this, she's great as Mary. She's great as like Shazam's, the like her version of Shazam as well. The first one, Michelle Borth played her Shazam character, right? Right. Like her like superpowered character or whatever. Um, but this time they were just like, we have such a great actor. Yeah. Well, we just have her play both. Right. But the only thing, the only problem I have with that is like, yes, she's the oldest. I guess that's how you can get away with why she does not physically change like everybody else. Because everybody else is a kid. Yeah. But it does kind of fool with the, with the, the reason, with their identities, right? Yeah. Because they're completely different people. Exactly. And she is the same person. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You can't. 
Yeah. Uh, she doesn't know no curly Q. No curly Q. <laughs> there's no domino mask. No nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. I mean, you see, we're going to get to like Eugene ha- in a second, right? You ha- get hair's Eugene, the same, everything. Right? That's Perfect. two different people, right? Yeah. You can't have little Eugene. You got this humongous Ross butt butler, yeah. right? Like, there's no way. <laughs> but you see, like, Mary, and it's like, oh, Mary, it's you, but in a Shazam yeah. costume yeah. with a cape. Cool. Uh, it's like, it, this is not, I am not Mary. Is it not? Is it Halloween? Did I, yeah. Did, are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, you know, but. Great performance. Really enjoyed her as well. Um, I just think that was very weird. But we knew as soon as the second one was greenlit that they were going to do it. That was like one of the first things. Guys, we're doing Shazam 2. Yeah. And uh, Grace is going to play both characters. Yeah. Right? Like, that was like, okay. Uh, I don't know who asked for that, but sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Eugene, we got Ross Butler and Ian Chen as uh, <laughs> Eugene Cho here. Uh, I like this kid. <laughs> He's a science kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just like Ian Chen is like the kid I wanted to be when I was All right. that little, right? I wanted to be a bookworm and still be great at video games. And right. Be very, very smart and inquisitive and go, like, research stuff, but still be able to turn around and, like, smack you down at some Call of Duty and stuff there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Call of Duty yeah. when I was a kid. Goldeneye. Um, Goldeneye. Goldeneye, yes. Uh, but <laughs> I was not. I was either just I was just good at Goldeneye. I yeah. really wasn't good at Goldeneye either. Yes. Man. I don't know if anybody Until was Until really we started doing slappers only. No, that was fun. Mm. Yes. The slappers Ooh. or karate chops? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's on um, Xbox Live right now for free. Yeah, Xbox they, Game Pass. They did a remaster, right? They do it's a remaster. Not, it's not a remaster, bro. Oh, Straight really? Straight up, no chaser. Oh wow! And all the, all polygons, huh? Oh god, it makes polygons me sick. for days. It makes me sick, bro. Like <laughs> it reminds like that game made me sick yeah. as a child. Doom and like made me sick as a child. Duke Nukem made me sick as a child. Yeah. I can't play those, man. Knights of the Republic made me sick as a child because like the rendering and the moving. Uh, yeah, my eyes tried to it's keep like, up with it, like just, a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Like a, like you're in a car, like trying to drive a car, yeah. looking through a kaleidoscope. It was exactly what it was. Yeah. It was disgusting and headaches. And yeah, we're not going <laughs> to go down that that guys, but. Um, I do really love this this character, man. And Ross Butler is just a humongous man. Yeah, and I like how he's like, uh, I believe it was Eugene that is mapping the doors. <laughs> and he's just got signs all over the doors like, do not enter. Yeah. There was one that said, danger spider dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was good. uh good comedy that's like good that's like good character developing and character building with like little effort just a couple of lines yeah we didn't even know exactly what he was doing or how much he was doing he gets thrown out of a portal right uh and you see all these things and then he comes back and says don't go through this door because of whatever it says on there right (laughs) um that's that's good character development man i enjoyed that uh, moving forward here, we got DJ Catrona and uh, Jovan Armand as Pedro Pena, man. Uh, I like this kid. He loves loves his foster mom. Uh, is very shy. Just sits there, watch baseball, watch sports and everything. 
Um, you know, we come to find out later on in the movie, and I, I, I once again, I love representation across the board, right? <laughs> He's like, he gets his powers taken away yeah. from the daughters of Atlas, and so it's like, <laughs> they're trying to run from the dragon, so we have like, the whole uh, Shazam family in, <laughs> and um, yeah, where they're in the house, and Pedro's the only one who's just like in kid form, right? And yeah. they go get mom and dad, and they're trying to like mom and dad, let's go, let's let's get out of here. And yeah. for some reason, he has to tell everybody right there, like I'm gay, yeah. right? Like just has to do it. Yeah. Like, it was a weird scene, but. Oh, the whole family turns around and mom and dad look at him. We're like, dude, we know. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? like, Everybody's like, we got, we know already. We, we got you, bro. We know how you've been looking at those hip, hip magazines. Yeah. We're good. Dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you know, that was really, he was a great character. And I like that he actually spent a lot of time as well, just as, uh, uh, Jovan and not more DJ Katrona, who's also yeah. another huge, good looking guy. Um, yeah, they did. They gave all the kids a lot of screen time, and I was not expecting that as much in this yeah. one, right? And you know, and like they gave all the other kids a lot of screen time, uh, except for Billy. Oh yeah, yeah, he didn't get. <laughs> he was it was Zachary Levi, man. Yeah. He, like top build, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then we got Megan Good as uh, and Faith Herman as uh, Darla Dudley. Uh, Billy's good-natured younger foster sister. Uh, good portrays Darla's adult superhero, while Herman portrays the regular form there. And she's the baby of the, of the team. Yep. And it's just like a a little daughter sister would be. <laughs> loves animals. Loves candy. Yeah. Right. Just really inquisitive about everything. Right. But still really smart. Very smart. Very 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 smart. And and like Megan portrays her as very like inquisitive and smart. Like I just, I just love like her portrayal because it was yeah. just like, that's, that's like, that's a kid. Yeah. As, as, as everybody else did as well, because they were more like teenagers and stuff like that. So they True. tried to act more adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, teenagers are like middle schoolers. Like, you know, that Megan goods is like faith is still like an elementary school. Yeah. And like, she played an elementary school kid. <laughs> Right, yeah. cute, innocent, uh, just wants to have fun. Yeah. And get, okay, we got to go do this mission, but like, there, there, there's kittens. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go save these kittens. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> kidnaps a kitten. Yeah, exactly. Right. Take the kitten back. Um. Yes, yeah, so I really loved her character there. Uh, we have the two other daughters of Atlas as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy Lewis. Calyp- Calypso and the daughter of like the daughter of Alice, but she's like chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Helen Mirren as Hesper, who's the oldest oldest daughter of Atlas, and she just kind of is supposed to be like the leader of the the three and kind of. Yeah. But I like that. I like that. Like I was thinking, like Helen Mirren's character was going to literally be like the big bad villain. Yeah, ended up, but like I like that it kind of turned around and. Not knowing anything about these three characters, um, Anthea, Calypso, and Hespera, I like that it was Lu- Lucy Lou. She was the badass on the on the, you know the back of the dragon, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and really was our big bad baddie that wouldn't back down. Man, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, like Hespera and Ann or Anthea were more were really not villains. They were just trying to get back to their world and save their world. Get their 
like return their birthright. Exactly. They're trying to get yeah. something that was stolen from them is basically yes. what they say. And then Lucy Liu's like, nah, we're just going to take everything. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm, yo, she is literally Andrew Garfield from the social network, right? Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I'm, you better lawyer up, assholes, because I'm not just coming back from, from 1%. I'm coming back for everything. Yeah. Right? Yep, that was her. Literally her. Because... Uh, and was like, chill, bro. Like, let's do this in our world and we're good. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, nah. This is nah. This is doing it. this right here, right now, in this <laughs> in this Phillies ball field right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> um uh it, we'll we'll talk about uh, a little bit of reactions as far as them them three later. I want to talk about them a little bit more, but we have a uh, uh, Demond Hanchu as Shazam. Man, we thought this dude died in the first. Yeah, game, right. <laughs> he he did. Didn't he like wither away, turn to ash, or something like that. Yeah, whatever well, happened. Yeah, I think what he explains is he couldn't live there anymore, or something like that. He couldn't live in the realm world where all the doors yeah. are. I don't know. I mean, he came back. I don't. I don't understand it because he ended up back on Earth. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I didn't. I kind of got lost in his reasoning for why he turned to Ash. So knowing place. a knowing a little bit about like the Shazam kind of comics and everything, um, the after the Wizard gave Billy his powers, you saw the Wizard again in the comics. Okay. And it's like. Uh, you got such a great character in Demon Hansu, uh, just like I guess with Mary, right? Like we're gonna use them again, right? Right? They were fan favorites. They they were great. Um, we're gonna use them again, and we're gonna use them more. So yeah. I like that he was literally a part of the Shazam family as far as trying to help figure out and like save the city and everything, man. He right. just wasn't kind of a background character as well. So that was really cool. Agreed. Uh, and then we, got, like you said, just want to mention real quick, we got uh, Marta Milan's and Cooper Andrews as Rosa and Victor Vasquez, who is the foster parents of Billy and the siblings. There, um, I will say this, man, uh, that's a tough job, right? It's a tough <laughs> yeah. job already being like mom and dad to yeah. one or two kids, but a whole host of kids that you did not birth, yeah, right? <laughs> you did not create. Uh, it's a tough job, man, and even though they're getting like kickbacks from the state or whatever like they talk about in the movie um you know you can tell that rosa and, and victor they love these kids oh man, yeah right? yeah great and parents we'll do anything for them man that's that's really awesome there so uh if you don't have kids of your own i'm talking to myself go foster <laughs> i don't have any kids guys <laughs> yeah i like how like they're very involved in this one the first one they were around yeah. And, you know, they were doing, they were the parent trying to navigate the kids around and all this stuff. And then this one, they're, they're driving the battle bus, right? The, <laughs> the battle, battle bus. bus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're sitting there, they're watching the news, and he's like, where are the kids? And he's counting the, like, the people on there, the Shazams. And he's starting to, like, kind of put it together. I totally forgot about yeah, the battle, battle bus. <laughs> so good. That was such a great line. <laughs> Get to the battle bus. So he plays, Cooper Andrew plays a character on The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, his name's Jerry. Okay. And he plays, like, a, uh, uh, he's, like, a guardian of the king of one of the places. Gotcha. And he's hilarious on there. 
<laughs> Hilarious. So it's good to see him hitting these big movies. Love it, man. Love it. Yeah, he he's uh both both Rose and Victor uh great, man. Yeah. Great parents there. Um <clears throat> I like that this entire movie, man, was just like confined to the city, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're in like uh Greece or whatever at the at in the beginning that's where we meet the sisters two of the right. sisters at least but most of the movie takes place in like Philadelphia I really like what was it Creed 3 right where mm-hmm. most of it took place 90% of it took place right there in like LA I like it when these big budget movies right are like guys we have such this big budget man we can do so much yeah and like, no we're gonna stick to Philly matter of fact you know what we're gonna do guys we're not even going to like the outskirts of Philly. Yeah. We're going to drop a dome, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to exactly mark out this circle of streets <laughs> this here. This is it. This is it. Where you guys can go here to here. Yeah. That's, that's it. You, you know what I mean? Um, but that makes it more of a, um, and I, this is a phrase that I'm going to try to coin okay. for these type of movies. This is more of like an Ant-Man and the Wasp type story. Mm. As far as like, I knew what the Daughters of Atlas wanted to do. And it was such a big scale. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that I was just confined to this one city, to this one thing. Yeah. Um, makes it not like save the world. You know gotcha. What I mean? Yeah. I got you. I like movies like this. We've, we've had too many, especially comic book movies, especially like action movies where it's just like, if I don't do this. The whole world, this is the whole world. Like, yo, slow down, 007. Well, well I, th- I think you're kind of in the middle here, though, with that, because they're trying to take over the world. Yes. But they got to start somewhere, right? Yes. So the big picture is they want to they wanna transform the world into their world. No Optimus Prime. But... <laughs> I just want to throw them off, guys. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I forget what the, the the pillars that they use in the one movie. <laughs> forget what they're called. Anyways, they're 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 trying to transformium. <laughs> they're they're trying to take over the world, but they're starting in this one protected area. Yeah. So they never get to leave that protected area. True. But the big game is they want to take over the world. So it's kind of. Kind of in the middle, right? The the film's still like, let's stick to this one spot. We're not going to let them grow from that spot. Yep. Which led to scene after scene after scene after scene and moving real quick through the movie. I wonder if uh, they just would have took a t- tunnel or something. What would happen? Oh, just go under the dome? I mean, Is that a thing? I don't... Right? I mean... I could have done that in Biodome too, right? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a nineties throwback yeah. for you ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um but no, I I, I did like it, man. It, it was it was Philly and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um I keep on saying the word fun, man, because like I don't no matter what we saw, no matter what was on the screen, like I was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the mood that the the whole story does, man. So, like, if they're in the Shazam, I'll call it, like, the Shazam library or something. I don't know. 
uh, where all the doors are and yeah. uh, the the magical pin or whatever it was the, ba- the Batcave, uh, the Batcave, the layer, yeah. layer, the layer. <laughs> That's what the sign said, layer. <laughs> the layer, right? Or uh, they're at home playing video games, or uh, Freddy's at school, man. Like every place, this is a bright, a fun man. That's it's. I almost compare it to. Uh, Marvel's Ant-Man as far as mm-hmm. like that just brightness that fun that yes big stakes like you were saying but like not like scary or like I didn't yeah. I never thought I never one time thought like oh god like they're gonna you know actually do so like I, you know you know by the end of the movie like they're gonna figure something out right yeah um, very uh, light hearted yes of it. right and, I, and that that lightheartedness, right? That comedy also has you like, man, this movie's just too much fun for like anything bad to really happen. And I think that stems from where, even though we're deal- dealing with the actors that we're dealing with as Shazams, yeah, they're still kid, younger kid personalities. Exactly. So their thinking is like, it's not. Uh, a dire end of the world apocalypse situation. It's a, another mission we got to get done and we got to, we got to work this out. Exactly. Yeah, man. And, um, just like the last one, uh, you're dealing with young kids, man. You're dealing with kids that were born in like past the the two thousands. And so the music is going to be popping for one. Okay. Uh, Christopher, Christoph Beck brings a great, um, theme to this but also wait this guy we just talked about chris Beck. he just did something else as well oh uh quantum mania that's why gotcha that's why i got that feeling man okay yeah so he you know he brings a really good vibe here and even the songs that they bring in uh that are on the the soundtrack just fun man yeah i really Really enjoyed this. Um, just kept you like in a good mood the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Even when like Freddy's down on, on his luck. Yep. Right. Even when um, everybody starts losing their power, all the, you know, the kids start losing their powers and have to kind of go at it as v- v- vulnerable kids. Mm-hmm. Right. You're just still just like, oh man, this is just a fun ride. Like I'm just having a blast. Um, yeah, that's that. Cool. Let's talk about a theme real quick, brother. What you got for us? Uh, you know, it's it's more uh, Billy Batson and and his alter ego, obviously Shazam, kind of doing what they kind you know what's next for him, right? As far mm-hmm. as is he going to you know, there's already these great superheroes that are in place. Like, what's his deal? Uh, his family's kind of doing their own thing. He's about to uh, physically age out of the group. Well, like, what's next for him, right? Like, where is his place, right? Yeah. And we have this mission, and and that kind of brings him together where he has to, him and the rest of the team has to own up to their foster parents, right? And, you know, that little connection with, with mom, um, which was really important because, yeah. you know, he called her like Rosa at first. Yeah, then, yeah. Then he calls her mom later. So, you know, that that's appreciative, right? And then 
him as a superhero himself. Yeah, he saves the city, um, but what's next for him, right? And that's yeah. one of the the mid credit scenes that we get where uh, one of the funnier ones, right? <laughs> it <laughs> I, I do want to talk about that. Uh, we end up in a <laughs> in a Iron Man Iron Man two like post not Iron Man two post credits so Iron Man two at the end where him and Nick uh, Iron Man and Nick Fury talking yeah. about great like oh, uh, yeah. Avengers initiative or whatever right yeah. that's yeah, yeah. this scene right <laughs> this mid credit scene but like in a ten times better way yeah. As funny as uh, Iron Man and Nick Fury was, uh, Tony and Nick was in that scene, right? Shazam with the, the team from uh, Peacemaker. Yeah, uh, that was Amelia Harcourt and John Economos. Yes, right. The two characters, so Steve <laughs> Agee and Jennifer Holland. Uh, was just so much better, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Because Billy Batson's 17, so he's yeah. going to be like, he's going to be kind of a douche. He's going to yeah. be kind of trying to be like Rico Suave. What's he doing? Just like shooting cans <laughs> off of a, <laughs> off of something? Oh, God, Zachary <laughs> Levi's great, man. Uh, but yeah, like what happens next, right? Like what am I, what's next for me, right? Yeah. Sa- I saved the city. I uh, have my family. Okay. All right. I'm part of the Justice League? No, bro. You're part of the Justice Society. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, y'all couldn't have thought of a different name? Like, <laughs> Look us up with the Saurus of Justice. Look at said anything else. The Avengers. Yeah. Avengers <laughs> Society or something like that. All right, team. So that's our conversation about uh, 2023's Shazam, Fury of the Gods. JV, talk to me, man. Give me your thoughts and ratings. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie a little bit more than I thought I was going to, yeah. to be honest. Um, I was a little speculative just because of the way DC's been. Yeah. Like, you expect something spectacular, and some of them have been letting us down. Um, but this one's going to get a four out of five buckets of popcorn for me this week. Nice. Um, this cast of kids and young adults really stole the show from the Shazams in this movie. I agree. And I, I enjoyed their, just their, their on-screen Personas, I mean, they all were just so good, like interacting with each other and the in the adults and things like that. Um, just goes to show, like the even though they were superheroes, they really didn't care about their powers as much as just getting the mission done, right? Like, let's save the world, whether we're powerful or not. Yeah, and hilarious. They're all so fun all the time. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, this one for me, man. Um, I I like a really good, I like a real good feel good movie. Yeah. Um, and this is that. Yeah. Um, I love when you bring in great kid actors, right? And they're able to deliver their lines. Um. On point, on timing, like the comedic timing of everybody's oh, yeah. awesome. You know, led by, you know, Zachary Levi's humongous performance, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you have the greats like Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren here as well, mm-hmm. man, who just, whenever they not brought it. Yeah. I've never seen a movie where they did not bring it. 
Um, just great, man. Uh, this gets five bucks of popcorn oh, from boy. me, right? Which oh, is which go. is which is difficult. Let's go. Uh, but like I was legit laughing, crying in my it seat, was, man. It was one of the the as far as that and the comedy is one of the best ones we've seen. Just as far as DC, <laughs> yeah, especially DC, especially <laughs> DC, man. Yeah. Like, and I will say this, right? Out of the since Man of Steel. Uh, the Henry Cable still should be Superman, but we're not gonna we're not talking about that anymore. Um, I, these two movies, Shazam and Shazam: Fury of the Gods, were that has been the standouts. Yeah, in the movies, as far as like, I can watch these over and over again and still have a good time. Yeah, um, and laugh. I laugh at the first one. This one's gut busting laughing. I am a I am a fan of just great comedic timing and like great dialogue back and forth and yeah. being punchy and witty and stuff like that and then you have like Megan Good's character and like her uh, child counterpart who's like the the, the twist in all that yeah yeah <laughs> right I just really love it man yeah. so yeah five buckets of popcorn awesome man awesome alright team thank you for subscribing to this week's episode talking through Shazam Fury of the Gods next week we'll be discussing John Wick chapter 4 that'll be Playing in a theater near you. Like always, I am Clyde Smith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. J eighty two hundred. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.